Hello, hi, I'm Erin Vandevin. Thanks for joining me today. This is Medium Lady Talks. This podcast is about figuring out the medium effort way to get the most out of life today. I hope the things I unpack here can role model and invite you to sort out your own ways to live life in the present. This is a show about experimenting to get closer to what matters most. I'm glad you're here, so let's settle in. Hello, hi, and welcome to Medium Lady Talks. I'm your host, Erin, and this is episode 21. I'm chatting with my friend Tracy Stanger here, and Tracy and I are going to talk a lot about motherhood, productivity, about unpacking the beliefs uh, about what it means to um, spend your time and who you should be spending your time for. Um, And uh, I think we're going to have a really good chat. Tracy and I have become friends via Instagram. uh, I don't know, probably going on well over a year now, almost two years, maybe. I feel like about two years. Yeah. That's so cool to me. Um, And uh, we share a lot in common. Um, but I will let Tracy introduce herself. So Tracy, welcome to Medium Lady Talks. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. Uh, Tracy, tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, why you do what you do. Okay. Um, I call myself an anti-hustle business coach. Um, I'm a business coach for moms and obviously I'm anti-hustle. Like I don't want you to have to, I don't want you to think you have to do all the things. I think we get wrapped up in that, but really um, from my experience in business, you don't need to do all the things. You just need to do the right things and make it easier for them to get done. So I say do less, but better. Um, So I teach moms who run businesses, how to find their most impactful tasks, their most impactful tasks, Um, So they can hit their revenue goals in the limited time that you actually have as a mom. Um, And the way this came up for me, basically, this is what I did at my nine to five. I was a process innovator. I was helping, you know, I would move around to different teams and be like, okay, what are we doing here? Why do we do all those things? How can we, you know, make this easier for you? Get more done with less time, less people, have more fun while you're doing it. Mm -hmm. Um, But when I went back to that job after my maternity leave, I was miserable. Like I didn't want to be there. I wanted to be with my baby. Um, I often wasn't there because I was sick or Poppy was sick from daycare. And I started getting grief for being out of the office, even though I was a process innovator, like I can get the job done in less than 40 hours a week. I don't need to be here. So, and I knew that like, every other mom, it feels that way too. Like I had caught way more than one of my friends crying in the bathroom, missing their baby because they had to be at work. And I just knew that if I was in charge of my to-do list fully, I would totally be able to do good work and be with my baby. And I wanted to help other moms be able to find that balance too. So I started this business, um, for myself, (laughs) but for, to help moms do it. Cause I think, it being too caught up in trying to do all the things is really the problem. And if you're just focusing on your most impactful tasks, you can kill it at business and have time for everything else you want to do. I have a question about that most impactful task. I don't, I mean, I'm a very self-reflective person. I spend a lot of time 
you know, internally thinking about what's going right and how I can pivot. And, but even to answer that question, my own most impactful task, I think I would probably need a couple of days to really uh, uh, land on the right area of focus. Why do you think that is for a lot of women? I know I'm not the only person that has said that to you. No, I mean, it's not like the easiest thing. I have a simple process for it. It's, you know, we sort through, just like I was saying I would do with my teams, like sort through what is going on here Um, for your own self. You would be looking at what are your personality tendencies? What are your strengths? What actual time availability do you have? Um, What comes out naturally? And then purge the stuff that you know is not that. So, so your most impactful tasks rise to the top when you can start saying, well, that takes me five hours and is like, meh, then that's not one of them, right? <laughs> Does that answer? That's a great answer. I think the other thing too is that you do work with moms, parents who are entrepreneurs who have more power than they think to make those calls because what I'm hearing from your sort of origin story is that you were in a position where you could have executed on this idea, but some of your time didn't belong to you and your time was being uh, spent by your boss or your, you know, your team or the structure of your organization. That's true for so many people who don't work for themselves. I think that, you know, can you talk a little bit about entrepreneurs as a really um, unique category of people who both take on way more than they need to, but then also lose sight of just how much power they might have over their own businesses. Yeah. Well, I think it's because we're all coming from that same sort of system. Like mm-hmm. everybody probably had a real job before. Oh, <laughs> it's a real job. Yeah, for sure. Like, I hadn't thought of that. that system. We went through school where it's the same thing. Like you do what I say when I say it and you have to be in school for this many hours and this many years. Um, and it's just that idea I think is very patriarchal. It's, it's um, instead of being results focused, it's just focused on checking things off. Mm-hmm. Like that's just how you do things. Um, and so as entrepreneurs, like we're smart, we've been watching, right? We've, that's the system we've learned. And it even happens in business and in online business, there's those hustly gurus and everybody trying to sell you something. They're trying to sell you their thing as what's going to make you successful. Mm-hmm. So you're still getting bombarded with these messages. of like, I have to do all the things. That's just how you do it. Um, and, and I think too, being entrepreneurs, we're all creatively minded and multi-passionate and like interested in a lot of stuff just that's like your that's part of your personhood as someone who would be called toward entrepreneurship so that all of that just combines to be like all this stuff I've got to do all this stuff and you kind of lose sight in the fact that like you get to say no you get to decide what you want to do wouldn't personally identify as an entrepreneur. I have another nine to five. You and I kind of talked about the woes of that offline, but I do think when it comes to medium lady and what I've been growing with medium lady over the last two years, I do kind of feel like I'm the only person who can do it. And there's definitely things I spend five hours on that are meh and some things that I spend 10 minutes on that I'd love to spend an hour on because I think they could really take me a lot farther. So I think that's a really interesting kind of, it does kind of come with course correcting your assumptions 
assumptions about work and about what makes a person worthy when they work. Is it the person who has a really long to-do list must be really worthy or the person who has free time probably really didn't maximize their opportunities to give as much as they could to their business, which I think we're going to get into a little bit more. Yeah, I don't think that that is true. (laughs) You can have free time and have given exactly what you needed to in your business. Um, And what you just said, just brought up to me, like your work is not your worth. Mm -hmm. But I think I know for me, especially if I'm going to work like, yeah, I need to put food on the table and a roof over our heads, but I want to be doing something meaningful. And that was a big part of why I was unhappy at my job after maternity leave too, because if you're going to spend your time on something, it should be something you care about. Maybe that's like millennial of me, but that's most of us now. So (laughs) I can take over. Um, but you want to feel useful. And I think the way to do that is by doing the stuff that only you can do. You mm-hmm. mentioned like, oh, there's stuff only I can do. There's, there's that. And like, I don't want to teach someone or delegate or whatever, but the idea of only you can do like only you, Aaron could come up with this medium lady, medium effort thing. Only you would think to do it as a podcast and with your writing, but like your wonderful words, like somebody else might even think medium lady, medium effort, but they'd be on YouTube or they would be making it out of pictures, like explaining it that way. Um, but we can all do something that only we can do. And when you do that, it feels better and it takes less time and that leaves you the free time to go be a person as well. Oh my gosh. I love everything you're saying because that comparison piece is often very much at the heart of, I think what we're talking about again, which is, you know, I, um, I shouldn't have free time. If I have a successful business, why would I have any free time? If I'm an entrepreneur manifesting the whole reason that I decided to start to start anything, you know, why would I have any free time? But I think it's kind of comparing to people who uh, either don't share what, when they have free time, which I doubt, or people who share and overvalue the worthiness of their work, which is a really cool kind of way. Your, Your work is not your worth. I love that. Yeah. And it goes back to the thing we were talking about, like results focused or are you looking for the results of meaningful work that you enjoy and a a life that you enjoy? Or are you looking for the results of being busy? Who wants to be busy? Yeah, it's true. It's really true. It's so interesting. Okay. You know, uh, we've talked a lot about moms. We're going to probably continue to talk about moms. Um, we've talked about moms as entrepreneurs, but I think your message has a broader statement to moms in general, which is that moms tend to take on a lot of work that, you know, maybe moms are entrepreneurs. They're running their own businesses, which is keeping their children alive. That's the name of the game. That's the mission. Moms moms are managers. Managers. Yeah. (laughs) Managing the lives of multiple people (laughs) at all times. So what is it about motherhood? that gets us to this point of mental clutter, you know, why do we believe that we have to do it all? Um, I, again, I think it's just, you've been paying attention. You've Mm. been seeing the messaging, you see it in TV shows and movies in what everybody's posting on Instagram of their highlight reel. Like, Oh, look at these amazing cupcakes that I made. (laughs) Like that's that person. It doesn't have to be you, but you see, when you see everybody supposedly doing it all, it makes you think that you can too. Um, and 
I think too, it just comes, it can come innately too. Like we want to give our kids the best life. So you're trying to figure out like, what does that look like? What do I need to do? And you could, you could mom 24 <laughs> seven and still not be like, like that could be your sole main focus all day, every day. And you still be too much stuff on your to-do list. Right. Right. But um, we want to give our kids the best life. And like I said, you want to, you just, you want to be making meaning of it. So the examples that you see out in the world, you're like, let me just do all of them instead of choose picking and choosing the ones that feel best to you or are best for you. You said something, you've said it twice now, and it's kind of giving me a bit of chills, which is that you've been paying attention. And I didn't realize how insidious that activity can be. Because when you pay attention, you make a choice about what information you're going to absorb and what information you're going to leave out. And unfortunately, the way you're saying it, paying attention, I usually say paying attention in a positive way. It's like, oh, you know, you're really paying attention. But what you're saying is, and this is the part that makes kind of spooky a little bit, is you're paying attention. You're, you've been paying attention to what society wants you to focus on. Yeah. And, and for, for, unfortunately, there's a number of consequences to your attention. And when you pay attention to the messages and memos and the shoulds and the needs to, and the good moms do X type Mm -hmm. of messaging, then you collect a lot of data on how to behave and what comes what needs to be done in order to perform to the expectations of society. And I don't know, there's something about that. I don't know that I'll forget that after our chat is like, you've been paying, you've been paying attention. And unfortunately, um, they have you right where they want you. (laughs) I mean, if you think about it, what is, why are we getting those messages? Well, if we want to go be June Cleaver, that's, you know, to support the man to go to work and be the best he can be at his job. And if we want to be the best mom, we're going to buy all the Halloween candy and we're going to make the costumes and we're going to do all this. It all becomes, there's like some benefit to capitalism with the economy if you just do it all. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Saying no, I don't need that. That's not going to help. Get your money. Yeah, (laughs) that's so interesting. I um, that's going to kind of live rent free in my mind. Thank you so much. That's great. I talk a lot, Tracy, about medium effort. You know, which is perhaps maybe paying attention in a new way and being willing to spend a bit of effort in a new way. And I often worry about that looking like the have it all together kind of persona is that if you can find a way to put medium effort into something that matters to you, then what you'll benefit from will happen on the back end. Um, But I often worry that that can still kind of be spun into a kind of hustle mentality or a hustle culture or like, this well if i could only spend time at the beginning of the month the way medium lady does then i might be feeling a little bit more um balanced when it comes to my free time you know really really the thing that i have to keep repeating is that medium effort is reminding me that the things in my that matter to me will always need a bit of work 
they're not going to come easily to me. And that is my life's work is putting effort into the things that matter to me and paying attention to the things that matter to me, not paying attention to the things that I'm told are supposed to matter, you know, in, in pivot to pivot to, you know, what you always say, which is like, I always quote you as saying, you know, do less, but better. So we're talking about, you know, medium effort, do less, but better. Are those two things in conflict? If I'm doing less, should I be doing less than medium effort? I mean, I kind of wonder, this question was so thought provoking to me. And I've thought about this before too, because I do, I say all the time, do less, but better. I say all the time, take a nap. I say, oh, you don't want to do that? Don't do that. And I stand behind all of that. Um, But I thought to myself too, like, am I just saying be lazy? (laughs) But so, yeah, I've wondered about this, but I think I definitely still prescribe doing what sounds really fun and really easy to you. So I think that is a little bit in opposition to your medium effort, because I I am saying tiny effort, (laughs) because that's the stuff, like when it's really fun and really easy, it's the stuff that you're going, like your results are going to be great because it was easy. It just comes out of you. Um, it's going to be easy for you to make time for it because it's so easy that you get it done quickly. So yeah, it's like a tiny effort. Um, and I think it's important. I was thinking maybe it's just like seasonally when you're a mom in the thick of it, more mini effort than medium effort, because like you don't have time for anything right now. So yeah, stick to the stuff that is so easy. It just slides out. And I'm talking like, if you're a writer, right. If you're a baker, oh, yeah. Like the stuff that is just like, um, I had a client the other day that we were trying to figure out like, well, how can she fit her revenue goals into the time that she has? And uh, we were looking specifically at like how, what she was doing for marketing. And I was like, so we figured out what you're doing right now is working. It's getting you the number of clients that you need. And it's like, that's fine. And she's like, Oh, that the stuff that I'm doing is what is the most fun. Like I've been trying to think I need to add this or that thing to up my marketing, but like, I'm already doing it. I just didn't realize it was work. She said it didn't feel like work because it was so Mm. fun. But like she's making her revenue goals with that fun. So that's what I'm trying to say. Like, if it's so easy that you don't even realize it's work, that is the ticket. And that's going to be what's getting you the results. Wow. Okay. So if I were to go from medium effort to mini effort, I'm so curious what that might look like for me. I have to. So I wanted to talk about too. Um, I think you've heard me speak about the 80, 20 rule, right? Mm-hmm. Where you get 80% of your results from only 20% of your effort. Yeah. And the way that I explain that is literally there could be five things, right? One, two, three, four, five. Number one is the thing that's getting you 80% of your results It's getting you like most of the way there Two, two, three, four, five you could cut and not really notice the difference. Yeah. So I'm thinking medium effort is like two and three. Yeah. And they're giving you, you know, some risk. It's, it's helping. It's not like it's nothing, but maybe just number one would get, not maybe, yes. Number one would get you even more. It would be even more impactful. 
I guess so. I have a monthly assignment experiment that I do when I do four things. I do four things in that experiment. So I'm wondering if I were to do a mini challenge, what would that be? Would that be, you know, I say, you know, I pick the books I want to read. I decide how I'm going to play. I think about a new habit or, you know, skill that I want to try. And then I set sort of thematics thinking, thinking topics, uh, front of mind. Mm-hmm. If I were to do, what does that even look like? Do what, does that mean I think about reading only a week at a time in the month or does oh, that no, mean I, that I, I'm so curious, like I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to play yeah. with it or does it mean that I step back and I think, okay, after two years of this, maybe the play category is just like, doesn't really ever, uh, mean that much to me. Yeah. I don't ever really learn that much about myself from those categories. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. With, you could look at which of those things is really the thing that's helping you find yourself the most, or really the thing that's giving you the most joy. Cause you can apply the 80, 20 rule to everything. It's crazy, but it could also be that the monthly experiment and you cut two, three, four, five of other random stuff that you were doing. Hmm. I'm going to have to ponder on that one. I might yeah. have to get back to you okay. because mm-hmm. then now I'm experiencing something that I'm sure your clients experience with just this sort of restricted, like in my body right now, I feel like, no, I could never, I could never possibly, I couldn't, why I couldn't change it up. Bad things will happen if I made any tweaks. So medium effort is like a good way to start. We also, we do this exercise in my course. I call it the outbox. I stole this from apartment therapy, like actual home decluttering. They have an outbox where if you're cleaning out your closet and you're like, I think I could get rid of this shirt, but I don't know. You put it in the outbox. It's not gone. You don't take it straight to the thrift store. Goodwill donation. It's just, just there. And you can, there's no time limit. It can be there. You can come back in a week and be like, you know, I really, I want it back. Or you come back in a month and go, I haven't even thought of that. It can go. So that's kind of a way to like ease into this. And the 80, 20 rule too, is like a good way to just, just chop off one that, you know, is definitely only giving you a little bit of results. And that, that feels fine. And just doing that though, frees up so much more time. Because remember, we're spending 80% of our time on the stuff that only gets 20% of the results. So if you chop off one of those things, you just got 20% more time back. So it's like baby steps. I, I love it. I love it. My wheels are turning already, I think for sure. Awesome. So another thing I talk about a lot is mindful fun. And I think you are actually just like a total role model. You're a huge joy bringer in this category. How, Aww. Tracy, tell us about how you have mindful fun. Well, thank you. First of all, um, I, I don't know. I just think about like what sounds fun. I I want to make sure that my life is enjoyable. And so, um, whenever, I mean, I think we make these decisions all day, right? Like what should I do next or what should I be focusing on? Mm -hmm. Um, and I just always use the answer or the question, what sounds fun. So like recently I was trying to figure out a way to meet new people, to get in front of new audiences for my business. And so I was like, well, what sounds fun? And what sounded fun to me was like hearkening back to 
the days of my 20s when I would sit around at the coffee house like all day. I'd be reading, doing a crossword, hanging out with one person. But like maybe my friend would bring a friend or, you know, random people would join us. Like it's, when you're there all day, every day, people just start <laughs> talking to you. Um, so I was like, how can I replicate that? And so I started doing a weekly coffee house table on Zoom that I advertise on Instagram. And that way, like people that I didn't know really were following me are coming and talking and people are going to start bringing their friends. Um, so it's like, it sounds fun and people are loving it. So it's making a big impact. So it's like a win-win or like if I'm thinking about, well, what, what do you want to sell? What sounds fun? I like chatting with people, obviously. So, so I added, so I added Voxer coaching to my course instead of, you know, like traditional, um, coaching, like 45 minute call once a week or whatever, that sounded like too much to me. That was like mucho effort. <laughs> so right, what could I right. do that sounds fun is little just chatting throughout the day on Voxer. Um, and then, you know, if you don't want, don't know what to do next, you know, I will take a bath or watch Real Housewives or <laughs> go for a drive. And then, you know, uh, how does that drive your work? Like, I mean, you've talked actually very well about how, you know, it's helped you problem solve uh, the what's next question and, and help you kind of maybe come at decision or decision fatigue with a little bit of a refreshed energy. But I mean, if we're honest, Tracy, like this is just how your brain works. You are naturally gifted to strategize process. You are naturally gifted to see the uh, end of the light at the end of the tunnel. A lot of people don't have that skill. They have different strengths. Mm -hmm. And I'm really curious about, you know, if, you know, somebody listening today is thinking, I just don't think I could get to the 80-20 or I actually... I'm so disconnected from what's fun because I haven't been spending time on fun for the last 18 months of the pandemic, for the last five years of motherhood, for the last 10 years since I got married and, or got my, got my career jump started. You know, how do you talk to that person? I mean, it's maybe too simple, but like, I think just keeping your eye out for it from what I found, everybody that has kind of made the tr- transition to that more mindful or more like doing what they want to do, saying no to hustle culture, yes to doing less, it all comes from them just trying it mm-hmm. and and acknowledging that you can and that it is in your power. Like you were saying before, like we don't realize we have the power to do this. Mm-hmm acknowledging that we're not going to do the busy, systematic, patriarchal, da, 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 all that stuff that we're going to do just what feels good. And when you make that okay, and you put that on, put that on your to-do list, I will never say to put anything on your to-do list, and, your to-do list, and that's kind of like put a, a medium effort into figuring yes. out what your things are. Um, maybe by doing your monthly exercise or something similar like that, but just keeping your eye out for it, asking yourself what sounds fun, you know, like if you, if you just make that a little antenna for yourself, right? your, your body, your head, whatever is going to tell you, you're going to start noticing like, oh, I hate baking and I love, you know, 
painting with my kid, or I hate writing blog posts, but I love hopping on an IG live. Right. You'll, you'll start weeding it out. And I do have a course that walks you through a process <laughs> to figure that out, to like kind of make it a more systematic, looking at what you're doing, what you wish you were doing, you know, using these tools like the 80-20 rule to get rid of the fluff. Um, and, and that's what I do in coaching too. If you really want, like, I appreciate you saying, I, I really am gifted at looking yeah. at the future, walking it back, helping you figure out what your future looks like and what your things are. Um, so come get coached on Boxer and I can help you out with that. Um, but it's all just about being you and doing your things. Yeah. And I think actually that's why I really remind people about medium effort, because I don't want us to get easily discouraged. The moment we open up that crack of vulnerability to say, I'm going to attune my body to what feels good. I'm going to turn my ears on to what sounds good. I'm going to keep my eyes open to what looks good. That can sometimes be a vulnerable place for people because it comes with a sense of claiming who you are. When I say I love nail polish, I run the risk of someone saying nail polish is stupid and you're Mm. stupid for liking it. I mean, that's a very simple answer. That's a very simple example, but it's real for people to say, Mm -hmm. I've turned my body off and desensitized myself to what feels good, what sounds good, what looks good for so long that I am feeling nervous about um, opening myself up to those opportunities. I felt nervous too, which is why I came up with medium effort because I had to self-talk myself off the ledge of turning my back on myself whenever it got uncomfortable. The first thing I did, and I wrote a long post about this, that I vividly remember how uncomfortable I was, and you're going to laugh. I bought two Christmas ornaments of woodland creatures that were dressed up as ballerinas. And I felt vividly uncomfortable bringing these home to my house full of dudes to say, hey guys, I think these are really cute and I'm excited to hang them on the tree. And that both made me feel super vulnerable, very exposed, and it, I almost didn't buy them. I Aww. almost didn't buy them. I actually might have seen them at the store and then turned my back on them. And then something called to me and I ended up buying them. I'm and like, so that's a really small microcosm of an example of how uncomfortable it can be to set boundaries around who you are as a person and to run mm-hmm. the risk of someone saying, I think these ornaments are ugly and I don't want them on our tree, for example. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a, a big reason as to why a lot of people don't, don't, don't pursue it because there is this spidey sense of discomfort. And that's why I say medium effort. You are going to have to put a bit of effort into conditioning yourself to identify what you love, because it does come with a little bit of a vulnerability, but you're going to be okay. In fact, you're going to be great after you're Mm going to be so much better, less, but better. Right. Right. (laughs) I mean, how, this is why people are miserable on the rat race, on the hamster wheel, trying to do hashtag all the things we all know you can't, we're all exhausted trying to, right? So if you, yeah, a little discomfort to make that leap, like you said, but you're in discomfort already. <laughs> why not get to the right side where yeah. you are happier and calmer and 
fulfilled and doing great work that the world needs by being you. That's absolutely right. And so when those boundaries of who you are and who everybody else is become more clear to you, the discomfort lessens. Mm -hmm. The discomfort becomes actually a celebration of everything that makes you you and everything that isn't that doesn't make you you that you can turn your back on willingly because you're so excited about everything that lives within the boundary of space that you claim as your own um mm-hmm. i uh i do think it goes back to that you know you have more power than you think mm-hmm. you have more power than you think and tracy and i are here to encourage you and cheerlead you if you're listening and you're not sure where to start to try something mm-hmm. try something expect it to take a little bit of energy and, and effort expect it to be a little bit uncomfortable but also expect that it will be better that you will be better and it, it probably takes a lot less than you think mm-hmm. yeah it's literally I mean it's just trying I've I've been taking a poll like everybody that I <laughs> is feeling like they've made it past that I'm like what did it and it's always doing it doing I tried it. it I just tried it I put my antenna up and it started to come to me. That's the answer. I so hear you. I always wanted to have a podcast probably 10 years before I started. And you know what got me a podcast? You making, started it. Making a podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you know, there was, there was like, there was nothing that was going to make that podcast come to life. There was no, no online course. There was no special, uh, you know, um, webinar. There was no article that I could have possibly consumed any further until the moment when I actually released, made, recorded my first episode and got it out there. That's, that was the only thing that got me the podcast that I desired so much, but, but that was hard. It obviously took 10 years for a reason. And I'm, I'm in no way trying to discount all of the things that I went through while debating whether I should or not. Yeah. And maybe, maybe it needed all those 10 years. I fully believe like, if you don't know the answer, maybe there isn't one yet. Like you'll know it when you're oh, supposed I like to. That. I even, I tried to have a business similar to this, um, back in 2015, I was still at my nine to five and I was starting it, but it was geared more toward, um, like organizing the business for artists. Um, and I quickly quit that one <laughs> because marketing was just like, too hard for me. I didn't want to learn it or get into it. Um, and I was able to walk away from that at the time, even knowing it's just not the time. My, I did think I was an entrepreneur and I knew a business would come to me and it did. It, it was this business. It came when it was supposed to, like, I had to go back to get a little more experience in my nine to five. I had to go get that horrible experience coming back from maternity leave and it all had to come here. I love that's amazing. That's what Maggie would say, sort of your like, you know, before and after type of part of your story, right? Yeah. Tracy, I'm so happy to talk to you today. Thank you for your time. Uh, where can people find you? And do you have any like final notes of, of that you want to share with listeners today? Um, you can find me on Instagram at tracy.stanger. I am generally just in stories, but I have been experimenting with posting a little bit more lately, (laughs) Um, but I like to be in stories and I like to just chat in the DMs. So come say hi to me there. And then um, you can find my course and the Voxer coaching at tracystanger.com, sort, purge, and organize. Um, And just last thoughts is 
turn those antenna on to start looking for what's fun, what's the most you, and and saying no to that do it all idea because you'll be so much happier <laughs> and get better results. It's like a win win. <laughs> you have nothing to lose. Yeah. Okay, I like to wrap up with a uh, lightning round because I find uh, saying goodbye to people kind of challenging. I I could <laughs> I could talk to you all day, Tracy. But the truth of the matter is, is you're on Pacific time. I'm on Eastern time. We are both about to pivot into very different times of the day, yeah. and uh, I recognize that. I'm so grateful for your time today. I, I loved talking to you, and I have so many little things that are just germinating in my brain after our talk what is this is the first lightning round question what is your favorite season oh that's so hard um it was always summer I'm a July baby and summer is it but Christmas is like my all-time favorite so winter gets a little plug for that and fall has been growing on me so spring is awesome too (laughs) (laughs) um I don't think I have one you don't have one that's great very good (laughs) okay next question what is a bucket list item that you can't wait to cross off what I've been thinking about lately I really want to drive the whole west coast like from San Diego to Washington and like Like the Pacific yeah Yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's gonna take a long long time to do so we're gonna like I want to spend like at least a month doing it (gasps) wow I hate to um, hook up with my friend Bridget Baker. Bridget is a minimalist and uh, is an lifestyle uh, expert. Seriously, I was listening to that episode the other day and I was like, oh, maybe we should sell our house. (laughs) (laughs) We just took a 10 hour road trip a month or so ago to visit my father-in-law and it was the worst ever. So whatever we do, it's going to have to be for like two hours a day driving and just hanging out. (laughs) It's going to take a long time. Hey, listen, it's on the list for a reason. I think you have a good sense of what you want. Okay. Next question. If you could amplify one of your five senses, which would it be and why? Um, I guess sight Mm -hmm. because I'm picturing, you know, maybe like more vibrant colors Mm -hmm. or seeing further away Mm -hmm. Or seeing, you know, in greater detail. Yeah. Me or like other ends of the light spectrum, like UV light or infrared or, oh man, cool. Whatever other dimensions are out there. I don't know. I want to see the machine elves walking by. (laughs) Okay. Ghosts. Yeah. No, I don't think I want to see them. I guess I do. I want to know if they're around. Okay. Next question. What is a food you always bring to a party? I mean, I'm not going to a lot of parties these days, but let's imagine the panoramas behind us and we're all going to potlucks. Um, a favorite crowd favorite was my black bean tomato avocado dip. And it has, it's like avocado guacamole, but it has corn and black beans and tomatoes Amazing. A little cilantro. Really good. My mouth is watering. Okay. And the last question is, tell us about your bedtime routine. Ooh. Well, every other night 
I have to take Poppy to bed. But okay. on my nights that yeah. I get to just go straight to sleep, um, I just brush my teeth. If I'm really loving myself, I will wash my face with coconut oil and a hot washcloth, and it feels mm. so good. Yeah. Um, I use this Egyptian magic. It's like the propolis. I've heard about this. I love this stuff. And I put that on my lips and under my eyes because I'm 36. <laughs> um, and then I put lotion on and I do my diffuser with lavender. Mm-hmm. And then I turn on friends. <laughs> and I fall asleep to friends. <laughs> I mean, that sounds heavenly. That's a pretty I great routine. It. It's really good. That's great. Is that tonight or is that tomorrow night? What day is this? Oh, it is the third. Tonight. Oh, it's good. <laughs> Love Sundays. That's amazing. <laughs> it's such a good way to start the week too. I feel bad for a husband who has like a less enjoyable job. I get to start my Mondays so pleasantly. <laughs> but works for me. <laughs> well, Tracy, I can't tell you. I've been so happy to talk to you today. Thanks for your time. And if you are um, enjoying this chat, you can catch a little bit of a different flavor, but similar vibes on Tracy's Instagram. Uh, she's again at Tracy.stanger. We just recorded an IGTV live that has gone up on Tracy's page, which is a wee bit of a chat uh, there. And you can find that on Tracy's Instagram. I'm so glad you're listening today. Thank you for joining us. As always, you can really support the podcast by giving it a rating and review. You can also share it with someone that you think needs a bit of medium lady energy in their life. And please, as always, join me on Instagram. I'm at medium.lady over there and always happy to make new friends and meet new people in DMs. Thank you so much for listening. I'm your host, Erin. Thank you again to Tracy Stanger for joining me today. And I will see you again soon. Bye.